mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. And definitely check out those shows as well. Young Pueblo is the author of Lighter, Let Go of the Past, Connect with the Present, and Expand the Future. 
Young Pueblo is the pen name, actually, of Diego Perez, who is a mediator and New York Times bestselling author. He's widely known on Instagram and various social media networks through his pen name, as I said, Young Pueblo. He has an audience of over 2.2 million people online, and his writing focuses on the power of self-healing, creating healthy relationships, and the wisdom that comes when we truly work on knowing ourselves. His two books, Inward and Clarity and Connection, were both instant bestsellers. Lighter is also a bestseller. Welcome, Diego. Thanks for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books and not to confuse anyone, but Diego Perez, whose pen name is Young Pueblo, is here joining us today. So very excited to have you here. Thank you for having me, Zivia. I'm excited to be speaking to you today. Uh, congratulations on all the success of Lighter, your most recent bestselling book. So exciting. Before we talk about that book, can you just tell listeners about you and your like rapid trajectory, how you've become such a sensation and how you've tapped into this sort of font of wisdom that you share with everybody? Sure. So the story really starts with me immigrating from Ecuador with my family. And I was born in Guayaquil, Ecuador, and grew up in Boston. So we got here when I was about four years old. And it was a really, as a big time of struggle where um, we were just suffering through poverty. And during that time, I saw how much it was impacting my parents. I was not really aware of how much it was impacting me, but I developed these tendencies of sadness, of uh, anxiety, of you know, developing the scarcity mindset and all these sort of like emotional um, issues and tension that I had no way to process. And as I got older, what I ended up doing was just partying as much as possible, doing a bunch of different drugs. And that led to a pretty big rock bottom moment in the summer of 2011, where I almost lost my life due to just using way too many drugs. And so I realized that in that moment, my mind was incredibly heavy and I had to find a way to make it lighter. So my first solution was I need to start being honest with myself. And that helped build my mental strength. And eventually that led me to meditation about a year later. And uh, I've been practicing Vipassana meditation in the SN Goenka tradition now for about 10 years. And really, I think that clarity that I've developed about myself and about what I'm seeing around me, it really emerges from meditating regularly. Can you share more about your rock bottom moment? Sure. So it was a moment where, you know, it was just, um, I think it was about a year after I graduated from college. And I was just totally lost. You know, like I, I still was trying to basically run away from myself as fast as possible. I knew that um, I just didn't like feeling any tension inside of me. So whenever any sort of sorrow would come up, any anxiety, what I would do is like quickly roll up a joint or like you know, drink alcohol, go to another party, just surround myself with people so that I could avoid myself. I realized that that craving to avoid myself was coming from me not wanting to face the truth that there was something wrong. You know, there was something wrong inside of me and that I uh, needed a lot of healing. When you started meditation, was that easy or hard? I've tried meditating and I cannot do it. (laughs) (laughs) So how you doing it for 10 years straight and Mm -hmm. becoming a total master What was it like at the beginning versus now? So the first silent 10-day course was incredibly, incredibly difficult. It felt like just the hardest thing I had ever done, even to the point where like I I barely made it, you know, like I barely made it through those silent 10 days. And I was thinking about leaving on day six, on day seven. And once it was over, when when I got through it, I realized afterwards that I I felt better. Like I felt significantly better. And my mind felt lighter. I felt like I could... 
kind of see more options in my mind than before whenever something troubling would happen. And I felt more, much more connected to my emotions in a healthy way. And I knew I was like, well, I was like, this thing has changed me. And even though it felt really difficult and really hard, I need to go back. So I would go back periodically every, I think like every like three to four or five months and just put a lot of time into it. And um, I really don't think of myself as a master. I think of myself as a student because meditation is hard and it's hard for people who even have been doing it for, you know, decades, but we keep going back because the results are great. And then tell me how that turned into your writing career. So before I wanted to, you know, before I started meditating, I thought I was going to be an investment banker. I, you know, because of my experiences in poverty, I knew that I needed to help myself and my family out. And my thought was, okay, let me go into finance. But I realized that these were aspirations. These aspirations were not my own. They were much more conditional and much more given to me by society. And when I started that deep healing work through meditating, I realized that there was this creativity that started bubbling up and I was surprised by it. And I think it was after the third Silent 10-Day course that I did that I really felt this like motivation to start writing. And it felt clear. It was like, okay, you know you're not totally wise. You know you're not fully healed. You know you have a long way to go, but start sharing the fact that healing is even possible because that was the big shocker to me. It was like, that the mind was malleable, like that, that <laughs> was a surprise, you know, to be able to experience that firsthand. Wow. Well, this is not exactly an advertisement for a career in, in banking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, the, the road less traveled seems pretty good right about now. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wisdom that you've gotten and that you can post on your massively successful Instagram and in your books and in the snippets of stories and these one-liners or paragraphs that really like just hit home. Talk to me about that and which of the things that you've yourself written do you kind of refer back to and find the most helpful, like on a bad day or a sad moment? Or are there, do you have your own stuff sort of taped up places? Like how does it help you and help others? I think one of the pieces that sticks with me the most is the this like simple definition of love that came out. I think I wrote it in like 2017. Um, and I remember sitting, I was living in New York City at the time and I was sitting in front of the New York Public Library, like right there on like 43rd, like in the middle of everything. I wrote, love is not, I will give this to you if you do this for me. Love is, I will give this to you so that you can shine. And that selfless quality of love, um, I felt like it was something that I was really learning at the time. Because I think a lot of the sorrow that I had experienced before, it made me really self-centered. And I was trying to balance that out. I was trying to be giving to others while also not exhausting myself or falling into people-pleasing, but really trying to develop a balance so that I could treat myself and other people well at the same time. I think that one is sort of just like, I always think about it and I'm always trying to apply it in life. But lately I've been enjoying writing longer essays. Um, I've started, you know, I've released my new book later and that's in a nonfiction format that includes a lot of my personal story, which is different from my first two books, which was a lot of short poetry and prose. That was fantastic. And I love that, but um, nonfiction feels like a new home. I'm glad you segued us into lighter, which some of the things you were just saying, of course, are in the book and your experiences and setting the stage for what happened. Why did you decide to go to nonfiction and how did you feel sharing some of the, some of the things that you put in the story? Well, I, I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I knew I wanted to write a nonfiction book, I think, from the beginning, from when I really started writing about healing and about my own experiences in it. But I would write about my experiences not from first person. Like I would talk about them in a space where it was much more universal. You know, talk about letting go, talk about personal development, talk about love and relationships, but I wouldn't include my own stories in it. And when I started putting together this, this nonfiction book, my editor, he told me, he was like, you know, there, we need more of you in this book. Mm. And I, I, I enjoyed, you know, cause I use this pen name, Young Pueblo, and my real name is Diego Perez, but I had started really enjoying being in the shadows, you know, quietly sitting behind the pen name, Young Pueblo and living a private life while all of this, you know, like all this, um, you know, more, more followers are coming, more books are being sold and happily just being in the background. But I realized that for this type of book for lighter, like it wouldn't make sense where these, you know, where does all this stuff about relationships come from? It comes from the ups and downs of, you know, the relationship I've been having with my wife for the past 15 years. And it comes, you know, from, you know, almost passing away when I was 23 and including all of that, I think it definitely um, helps the book make more sense. Like, you know, this is from real lived experiences. Did you consider using your actual name? I did for a while, but I think the name stuck because, you know, Young Pueblo, just it just means young people. And I like putting everything that I write within this idea that humanity is maturing because I feel like when I first started meditating, I was like, whoa, I am like woefully immature. Like I'm terribly immature. But then I started thinking back to the world and to history because I like to study a lot of history as well. And I'm like, wow, humanity itself is super immature. Mm -hmm. You know, like think about the things that we try to teach kids as soon as they, you know, enter school or they're like three, four, five years old. And it's basic things like clean up after yourself, share with each other, don't hit each other, tell the truth, be kind to one another. And we may be able to do these things as individuals, but we don't know how to do them collectively yet. And to me, that's a big sign that humanity has not mastered the fundamentals yet. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So how can we do that? Well, we need to develop our self-love. 
I think that's one thing that hit me was that self-love is this great balancer. And it's something that you use to not only heal yourself, but when your self-love really starts developing, it opens the door to unconditional love for all people. It's not going to be perfect unconditional love, but it starts opening that door because that compassion that you have for yourself, you start seeing that, oh, the way that I feel sorrow, other people feel sorrow as well. The way that I have felt loss, other people feel loss as well. And that helps you slow down, not be as reactive and have more patience with people when they're you know, either saying something dumb or like, or doing things that aren't, you know, are, aren't, are unkind. One thing that I found is just that as your self-love increases, you're going to be less and less interested in harming yourself or other people. I think that's what's missing. True. Do you think it's possible? Like, do you have hope that our society hope. can really change on a, on a major level? Sometimes it feels pretty dire. Yes, it does definitely feel dire, but I've been learning to think more in bigger macro scales. When I think back, like I'm happy that I was born now. Like I'm really grateful that I was born in 1987 and I'm super happy I wasn't born in like 1930, you know, or or that I wasn't born in 1840. Like these are rough times. Like can you imagine Mm -hmm. being born back then? Mm -hmm. I'd much rather be born now. So I do see a line of progress that's happening and hopefully we can add to that because now not only do people want to change the world for better and make it more humanized, but we are also, uh, we have the ability to heal ourselves as individuals. And that's going to add to that greatly. All right. I'll cling to that. <laughs> <laughs> and what has your experience been like now with everyone? You, you had a hard time doing it, but then you put it out there. Now what? How do you feel that you sort of worked through it and shared and have gotten obviously a wonderful reception of it? Like, how does that make you feel? And does that inspire you to do so much more? I know you said this is your home now, but Mm -hmm. tell me about that. Honestly, it feels really freeing. I think it was a great challenge to be vulnerable like that and to add so much of myself into the book. But now what I feel, I feel like I sort of like fell in love with writing again. Mm -hmm. So it was a little while where I was a little bit tired of it, but I realized that I was tired of, of feeling stuck within a particular format. Like I was tired of just writing poems, of just writing short prose pieces. And when I started writing nonfiction, I was like, oh, the universe has opened up. Like I can, you know, I can say so much more. And I look forward to, you know, I, I actually think that right, focusing on lighter for the past two years um, has given me a new love for poetry and for prose. So I'm excited to do a bit of both and to just let all of this kind of emerge organically. So I know you give all this advice in the, in the book as well, but for someone who is struggling with sort of self-acceptance and knowing it's important to get to this place of self-love, but wanting to heal and not necessarily knowing how to do it, what then? I think where we need to be able to see first how fortunate we are to live in this time period, because we live in this sort of hyper-globalized world where we have access to all of these Eastern modalities, things that have been developed for thousands of years that are now available in any city or through the internet. Similarly with the Western world, right? What the Western world has done with psychology, with psychotherapy. These are incredible advancements that are now worldly, you know, they're available around the world. Similar, you know, with different indigenous practices, like there are tons of things out there now. So There's no lack of healing modalities. So what our job is, is to figure out how much time do we have? You know, what is it that I'm struggling with? Is it anxiety? Is it, you know, sadness? Like what's happening inside of me? And then trying 
different things to see what really connects with us and what actually provides us results. So, you know, for me, meditation is fantastic. It's, it's done wonders, but, you know, meditation is not necessarily the best thing for every single person. Like it may work for tons and tons of people, but for someone else, you know, it may be a form of therapy, you know, and there's so many different forms of therapy. So I think going out there and finding something that meets you where you're at and something that is challenging, but not overwhelming so that you find that sweet spot where yes, it's hard, but it's helping me grow instead of being so difficult that I don't want to continue. So I think that's really our challenges, finding our sweet spot and finding that tool and then keeping, you know, keep going. So question on Instagram, because I spend a lot of my my time on Instagram (laughs) with so many followers. How do you manage it? Do you ever check your own DMs? Are you on it a lot? You never go on. No, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on, but um, I've learned that I need to, I need to be really careful with my own mental health on Instagram. One thing I've learned as a writer, and I'm sure people come across this in all creative fields, right, is that some people are going to love your work and some people are not going to love it, right? And that's totally fine. It's, it's almost like flipping through the TV where there are some shows that you like and others, you know, they're not as interested in. But then there are some people who, because of whatever sort of psychological issues they've had in the past or traumas they've gone through there, you know, they, they don't just not like it, but then they like really hate it. There's mm-hmm. like this, um, you know, the, those trolling qualities or whatnot come out. So what I realized is that I'm much better off just not reading the DMs and not reading the comments and just trying to build these boundaries so that I can just focus on writing. And if you like it, fantastic. And if it serves you well, great. And if it's not for you, that's also fantastic. Totally fine. You know, cause that's, that's to be expected. Every art is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I feel like at least Instagram usually is a little nicer than Twitter. So I can't, I can't even like deal with Twitter. That's my, <laughs> that's my personal boundary wall. Myself. Yeah. Twitter but, is like the wild west. It's really true. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this. When you're not <laughs> meditating and writing and inspiring everybody, what do you do to like, Killed when you have a free minute or two, or what do you, what are your side <laughs> loves, interests, you know, all of that? Yeah. When I'm not writing and I'm not meditating, I put a lot of time into this company that myself and a few other friends created called Wisdom Ventures. And Wisdom Ventures is basically a venture capital fund that we're focusing on supporting and developing companies that are trying to scale compassion. So companies that are literally developing their products with the well-being of the user in mind. Because there, I think this past decade, there have been a lot of advancements in the tech world, but there's also been massive amounts of harm where we're just like increasing loneliness, increasing depression. So our idea is to try to support companies that are investing companies that want to create great products, but at the same time, there's no shady business with like trying to make you more addicted and all of that. So I would think that compassion itself can actually be good business. And only in the tech space or any space? Primarily in the tech space right now, but we're really looking at, you know, because our inspiration comes from the clothing industry, right? So the clothing industry, they saw how many ills there were, you know, from the way that things were produced, from the way that people were paid, you know, sweatshop labor, all these things, fast fashion. But what we're seeing is that people, you know, who are consuming these things, they, they feel better about buying these things. If it's clear that it's as sustainable as possible, that people are treated well while they're making it, that it's resourced well. So trying to bring that energy into the tech world and really like the world at large feels really important. 
I feel like that's what I do is try to do everything like to help the readers and help the authors. And we're all like working so hard, but it's like so mission driven and happy and people like really love to jump on board with that because it feels good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. You don't have to invest. I'm I'm kidding. I'm good. I'm all good. And are you reading anything good? What kind of things do you like to read? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked. I've been in the middle of like doing a lot of work, but I've been, um, slacking off reading Babel by RF Kuang. Have you read that? That's I have not. Oh my goodness. It's like I'm 60% through and now I need to intentionally slow down because this world is going to, it's because it's almost over, you know, but I'm so wrapped up in this world that RF Kuang created that it's just amazing. I'm so, so um, impressed by the lyrical quality of her writing, how beautiful the actual writing is and the world building. It's just phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that was a great recommendation. I'll go explore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Any advice for aspiring authors? If you really want to take writing seriously, I think the number one thing is consistency, continuity. Like you want to keep going because one thing I have found over and over is that I I started taking writing seriously in 2014 and I had come across a number of writers that were sort of emerging on Instagram that, you know, they kept going for a while and then they would just stop, you know, they would stop for whatever reason. And they were some talented people, like really talented people. So I think one of the reasons that I've been successful is because I just kept going. Like I just, I just, you know, kept going, kept writing, kept putting out new things and eventually people came. So I feel like that's one of the most important qualities you you can develop is just don't stop. Very true. Amazing. Well, good thing you didn't stop. Good thing you're not a banker. (laughs) All these things are very great for the world at large. And it was lovely to chat with you. I just wanted to close it. There's one of your quotes that I just love. And it's, I cannot make you happy, but I can commit to support you in the creation of your own happiness. Mm. I love that. That's such a good thing for like my kids and Mm -hmm. all that. I feel like I try so hard to make them happy, you know, but I ultimately, I can't. No. Anyway, I just, I needed that. So I'm sure everybody picks something different, but that was mine. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org.
Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.